worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory.
isn't he? Hallelujah. Let's continue to praise him in this place, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Let the poor man say, oh, Lord, let the poor man say, I am rich in him. Let the lost man say, I am found in him. Oh, let the river flow. Let the dead man 
Who's your confidence in today? I'm amazed as, as I already know what I'm speaking on this morning of how these songs, and we didn't discuss that, of this word from the Holy Spirit, and we didn't discuss that, that God is tying things together already this morning. And it is on us. He is speaking. Will you receive it today? Will you put your hope and your confidence in him today? Because I don't know where you're putting it other than him. And maybe you have. Maybe there's something in your life that has had a hold. But today we look to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We give him praise, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, oh God. Thank you for, for your faithfulness through the years of our lives, God. Lord, many of us maybe come from backgrounds that were not like mine. Lord, I grew up in church, and I knew the right things to do. I didn't always do them. You know that. But, God, many people came from broken homes and, and non-Christian homes, Lord, but they heard the voice of the Lord calling them, and we responded, Lord. And today, for whoever it is today, God, 
I don't know who you're trying to speak to. Maybe it's me, Lord, and I've, I, I've pushed it off. And maybe I've allowed something, Lord, to come between you and I. But, Lord, you are the only way. You are the only truth, the only way, Lord, for us today. And I pray, Lord, that we would allow this opportunity right now to soften our hearts. God, to allow you to speak to our hearts, God. Lord, and we'll receive what you have for us today. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated today. We want to uh, receive the offering this morning. And uh, we also want to remember that there is a missions team leaving this Friday uh, for Poland. And we're, we're going to go to the Lord for the offering and to pray for them as well. Uh, th that God would do great things through them. Uh, we thank them for their openness to go in such a short amount of time. Uh, and be in prayer for them while they're away. Um, but today, as we, as we pray for the offering, we just want to say in advance, thank you for your giving. Uh, thank you for trusting the Lord with, with what, what you give to him. He's given it all to us, amen? And we want to give back to him. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, we give you the praise today, the glory. Lord, we want to pray for this team that is going to Poland. Lord, you've already prepared the way, and we understand that, God. And I pray, Lord, that they would, they would see your hand in everything that they do, that they, they would allow you, Lord God, to lead them and guide them, uh, to make contact, Lord, with the right people, Lord. And I pray that they are fruitful in, in giving back, Lord. We know that they're going to be blessed for having gone, Lord. And thank you that we can have a small part of that. But, Lord, today, as we give, Lord, we just pray that you would use it. Lord, bless each gift and giver, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
know the jacket's a dead giveaway when you see me walking through the halls and I got a jacket on. You know what's coming. I shouldn't wear it out there because you probably walk in and walk back out, but you wouldn't do that. I know you wouldn't. Praise the Lord. Just a few announcements for you this morning. Uh, again, please remember uh, the team as they go. Uh, we'll be anticipating to hear great things of God moving uh, in Poland. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study, Sacred Pathways. We've just started, and it's really not too late to jump in there. Um, and, and it's great. We, we've, we've, all, we've all grown up with these thoughts. You know, I, I was using my kids as an example, and I know I did this as a child. But you're praying around the dinner table, and pretty soon you're saying, he didn't have his eyes closed. Uh, how do you know you didn't have your eyes closed? This whole thing, you know. But it's all about praying. And all, you know, God has created each one of us differently. And to say that we all have to follow this prescribed thing that we know as prayer, that, that whether it means coming up and kneeling and folding your hands and closing your eyes, or maybe you just, you know, if you're like me, I love to put on worship music, and that's how I commune with God. Yes, there are times of, of quiet time, but it's, it's a great series to kind of break down those misnomers that we, we all have to do it the same way. How you connect with God is very important. And it should be something you're comfortable with. It's not all about us. I understand that. But we, we all have different things. Anyway, I don't want to give away Wednesday night. Come out. If you want to hear more about that, come out. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, the Joy Group has a picnic planned. I, I don't want to read your bulletin for you. I know you have it in front of you. Uh, but these are just some important things coming up. From 12 to noon on June 25th, um, more information to come. Uh, Miss Lucy is, is handing out her T-shirts this morning. I saw it for her workers for... Kids Ministries and, and VBS is coming up, and she could use your help if, if you uh, have opportunity. It's, it's not like a long VBS uh, like it normally is. You can see there it's 9.30 to 11.45, and really, uh, you know, if you can give some time to her uh, and minister to these kids, she would greatly appreciate that, I can tell you that. Uh, and lastly, this morning, Youth Camp, uh, there is a, a balance due on June 12th, which is coming up quickly of $134 if your child is going to camp. Um, we would like you to do that. So before I move on any further, we have a video this morning. thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise, 
We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them, what they did, and why they had to be brave for us. powerful video. Today to say we celebrate Memorial Day seems uh, the wrong choice of words. And I know that it's, it's kind of the entrance into summer and there's people at the beach and I don't fault, you, you can see our numbers are down, I don't fault people for taking advantage of that. It in no way detracts from the debt of gratitude we have for our fallen soldiers, for the families, that allowed their loved ones, uh, understanding the risk that was involved, um, and, and we've seen it over the years. You know, as I, this isn't all kind of, a, it's not necessarily a Memorial Day message, um, but I was looking at, do you, do you know this? You probably know this, you live in Delaware, but Dover Air Force Base, I believe ever since Vietnam has been the one place that all of those fallen soldiers have come through to come back home, to be recognized. And there is what's called the dignified transfer, where they're handed over uh, and, and they're given honor in, in that moment. And they're draped, you know, with the American flag. And we'll have picnics and we'll have gatherings and we'll do things together. But we are remembering those who have given of themselves for each one of us. Uh, and, and we can't say thank you. Obviously, they're not here anymore. And, it, you know, I, for the longest time, I did get confused with Veterans Day, Memorial Day. You know, Veterans Day is for all that are serving and have served, but Memorial Day is for those who went home or, you know, prayerfully went home to be with the Lord. But, um, but their sacrifice is something to be admired and remembered. Um, and, and that is where I'm, I, I'm not doing a marriage sermon today. I'm not going to get myself in trouble. I'll let Pastor continue on with his marriage series um, he did come to me last week. He said, hey, if you want to, I was like, I, I'm too ingrained in this sermon. I can't, I could talk about marriage, but you wouldn't want to hear that. Not, not off the cuff, you wouldn't. And Lynn's not even here today, so I could really go to town. You know, all we have to do is look through the Bible and see that when we talk about memorials, you know, these are things that are set up that, that we, we can look to and we remember um, that, that's the importance of them. If you, if you know in the Bible, Abraham was building altars all of the time, you know, to, to commemorate something God had done and something he could go and not only look back and to remember for himself, but for future generations to see and for them to pass on what God had done, his faithfulness, and they would tell him through that. Moses, the same thing, would build an altar to commemorate what God had done and in remembrance of him. In modern day, we, we do that with a lot of different things, with events, with people. 
uh, with days, with presidents, all of this. But if you've anything like me, like if you just look at the calendar, you're shocked at how many things we commemorate. You didn't even know. Like this was a special day. Maybe these sound familiar. National Pizza Day. You didn't know that was a thing, but all of a sudden everybody's like, all right, I'll go get a piece of pizza. I've got to honor the day. National Coffee Day, I would not take part in that one, but you might do that, and I'm sure they give out free coffee on that day. National Ice Cream Day. These are things that I don't know how they became a thing, but every day on a calendar, on Facebook, you're going to see something new. President's Day, special birthdays, holidays. We love to, com to commemorate, and all you have to do is to, to really feel bad about yourself is miss one of these on Facebook. You're a day late to have put a picture of your son up there and say, I love my son, you know, or your, your daughters, I'm a mother of daughters and I love them, or heaven forbid, your wife or your husband, and you forget to give a shout out on Facebook to your husband or your wife. Uh, and, and pretty soon the questions come, Daddy, don't you care about me? Or a husband and wife, can't you write some, why can't you write something nice about me like they did for them? Uh, I'm hoping, you know, Pastor covers that in his marriage series and we can all move on past that. We build buildings, we build monuments, we build statues, museums, bridges. These are just a few and I know there is a vast amount. The Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, the Vietnam War Veterans Memorial, Mount Rushmore, the Holocaust Museum, the 9-11 uh, Memorial up in New York City. These are things we can go to, and I don't know that we always fully impact. I, I would believe like the 9-11 Memorial would, would, would have to impact you, living in this country and knowing in our time and in our day and age something like this had occurred. So we go and we look and we remember and we gaze upon uh, these things, and we read about some of the people in them, and they can remind us of somebody or something. I can say this, that not all memorials or, or things like that leave us with fuzzy feelings and happy feelings. You know, depending on your experience, you may not be left with fond thoughts of some of these things. Have you ever driven on the George Washington Bridge? I can't tell you that I went across thankful for the first the first president of our United States, I, that wasn't my thought. It was the guy that just cut me off and the exit I just missed. The George Washington Bridge is awful, and so I, I can't say that that brings me happy feelings of George Washington. But most of the time, we know this, that these memorials are, are surrounded with sorrow and mourning, um, and, and no different than watching the video we just watched to see children crying because a, a mother or father didn't return from the field. I do want to say this, and I hope this doesn't seem political, but we can't, we can't tear these things down and, and pretend it never existed. We have to learn from our history if we're going to move on. And to just say it didn't happen, what, what is the saying? That those who forget history, bear, you know it, you know it. I'm not going to kill it, so we'll, we'll talk about it after. We can remind me what that is. But it's so true. You... you, you, you Repeat it, and, and these are things that shouldn't be repeated. So learn about them, yes, uh, you know, learn from them, move on. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it makes it, it doesn't make it any less uh, important or these people when we, we pull them down, I think. Um, I'll move on from that. In the book of Numbers, the Israelites, you know this, have been uh, 
walking in the desert, wandering really in the desert for 40 years. And in the book of Numbers, they're coming almost to the end. And I can't say, you know, they didn't know obviously that it was coming to an end, but they had seen God do so many miraculous things. They had seen him part the Red Sea. And, and these are stories that we, we hear about, but we, we truly cannot comprehend. You know, when, when there's water ahead of you and an army coming behind you, and those waters part for you to walk across on dry land, uh, you know, they, they saw amazing things. They saw the faithfulness of God in that time. He had freed them from their oppression. And not only that, but for the 40 years, as rebellious as they were and as complaining people they were, he provided and he sustained them. He fed them. And he promised and he did lead them with a cloud by day and a fire by night. And even after all that God had done and all of the things that they had seen and all the things they had witnessed of his faithfulness through those many years, they still found a way to complain and still found a way to, to sin against God even though he had proven himself time and time again. And I know I've probably done the same thing. In the book of Numbers 21, we read of them once again complaining against Moses and against God. And just to give you a little bit of a quick background right before this, the king of Canaan had just figured he saw them coming and he was going to attack them and took some of them prisoner. And they went to Moses and they said to God, God, if you allow us, we'll, we'll obliterate them and, and we'll take back what is ours. And, we'll, and God said, go. And they did just as God allowed them. They, they completely wiped them out. They had just seen a great victory, literally, just before the event we're going to talk about right now. And also, just prior to this, the king, this is where we're leading them to, is the king of Edom said they cannot cross through his country, so they'd have to go up and, and go around, so it was going to lengthen their journey. So I want to read to you Numbers 21, uh, verse 4 through 9. It says this, Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Or, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the Lamb of Edom. Remember, he wouldn't let them pass through. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. I know that's a shocker, right? Because that is their, that is their makeup. That is what they are known to do. They grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained, there is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. I want to pause right there. Look at that verse. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. Do you know that the chapter before 21, uh, I don't have these verses. I want to read this quick to you. This is now Moses, and they are entering him uh, to Kadesh, Okay. Verse 2 says, there was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought, us, brought the congregation of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die along with our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. And do you know what happened shortly after that? Moses 
actually in a disobedience to God because he didn't follow God's total directions, took his staff and struck a rock and water gushed enough to, to allow them to drink and all of their livestock. This just happened, okay? And now their words are, there's nothing to drink and we hate this horrible manna. Do you mean the manna that somehow miraculously rains down from heaven and feeds you every day? That's the manna you're tired of? Now, granted, 40 years of manna, I don't know. <laughs> I might be feeling the same way. I might not be the happiest. You, you would hope they got creative with it and made something different than just simple manna. The, the point is God provided for them and still they found a way to complain. So go, continuing on, it says in verse 6, So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Pause again. This is why I'm glad I'm not God, and you better believe you're glad I'm not God. Because some of you, I'd be like, yeah, poisonous snakes, go, go. <laughs> then the people came to Moses and cried out. Well, I would imagine they did. We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Moses, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. And all who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look to the bronze snake and be healed. Today, I want to talk to you about looking to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would uh, just speak, Lord, that we would receive, Lord, and we would contemplate in our, in our hearts and our lives, Lord, what it is we are truly looking to and, and knowing that we can simply look to you in, in all aspects of life. I pray you bless your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. So early on in their journey uh, through the wilderness, Moses goes uh, up the mount, and he, and he comes down, and he, he's got the Ten Commandments. And again, while he's up there, they're doing their thing, and they're beginning to regret having ever left Egypt. We had it so good. We had warm meals and all of this stuff. They were in bondage, and they thought they had it better. Whatever. Moses comes down, and in order, and, and now God has given him the covenant. And in order to remember that covenant and remind them of the covenant, he builds an altar. And they put up 12 pillars representing each tribe, and God makes his covenant with Israel. They needed to go back, even after this long period of time, they needed to go back that point, to that point and remember what their response was at that point. This is what they said, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. And which we realize over the 40 years, they, they did so many things that were contrary to what the Lord commanded. The nerve of these people to have been led, I mean, miraculous things they saw, yet they could find a way to complain to God. I say how patient God is with them, much less us. God is so patient. Uh, because again, if it were left up to me, like I said, poisonous snakes, go, you know, in each kid's room, they'd be there in an instant, guys, I'm telling you. I mean, there'd be a way out, you know, I'd, I'd put that little uh, snake up on the pole and let you look at it, but 
Just as things started to get difficult, they, like we do so many times, we forget what God has done in our past not, and are not so distant past. You know, we, we've just come through something. We've seen God do something miraculous. And suddenly, here comes the next challenge, and we find ourselves right back to, woe is me, when we know that God is faithful. Hallelujah. But as they often did, and as we often do, they tended to forget. And I would say that that is why we do these things, because literally, we can forget things real easily, real quick. I, I would say if we, if we build these memorials, that's lest we forget what, what happened, maybe at a battle site or, or in, a, in a city or a person, or else we're going to forget. You know, our memories are only going to go as long, you know, someday we might lose these memories and we're not able to share. But if we've built this and we've taught this to people, they can go. It, same thing with, with whatever God has done in our lives. We need to be sharing that and telling people what God has done for us so that when they find themselves in those situations, they can at least have something to look back to. We can pass them along to the next generation. In these verses, forgetting what God had brought them through, forgetting the victory literally he had just provided, the miracle he had just provided by striking the rock and allowing them to drink, they resort to complaining. And as we read, this is, you know, this probably takes you back a little bit when you hear that it was God that said, poisonous snakes, go. And they're biting them, and these people are dying. It says that many of them died. And I would say, man, if you're like me, like, I hate snakes. You know, I, I probably wouldn't really use them, kids, because I wouldn't have to want to have to deal with them in my own house. Um, but that would get your attention real quick. Can you imagine snakes coming into the camp and, and biting you? And uh, they soon realized that they made a tragic error against God. They sinned against God, and so they plead that Moses would pray to God in their stead to, to take these snakes away. And God, in his mercy and his grace, and I would say undeserved, probably even for me many times, undeserved, makes a way for them once again. I think that that's very important, is that God could have simply said, poisonous snakes, go away, and it's, and it's over. But he doesn't do that. The snakes remain, and he tells Moses to build this, this snake, this, this picture of the same snake that's biting them, and put it on a pole. It's, it sounds ridiculous, does it not? Put it on a pole for all to see, and they're going to look at it. We're not told whether they have to look at it in faith that, or believe that, hey, if I look at that pole, I'll be healed. It just says they simply need to look at it, and they will be healed. There was nothing else they could do. They're dying and all they've got to do is look at that pole. Since that time, uh, I have a few pictures I want to show you this morning before we get to those, but it's been used throughout generations. The, the, oh, there it is. Okay. So the left one, I had to work on my pronunciation, is Caduceus and the Rod of Asclepius. Have you seen those before? Where have you seen those? Doctor's office, ambulance. Do you know what they are? The rod of Eclepius is Greek mythology for the Greek god of healing. Caduceus is Greek mythology 
for the Greek god Hermes. And I say, isn't it just like the world? Granted, it, it may represent something. It, it, to us, it may re represent what Moses did. But to know that those came from Greek mythology, isn't it just like the world to take something God instituted and God be the healer and use it for a different purpose? Do you know that Moses' uh, use of that is the oldest recorded version of ever hearing of anything like this? So I would say anything that comes after that, if it doesn't give recognition to what God did uh, among the Israelites, I don't know. I don't know. I know we see it. We know it represents medicine. That's, that's kind of what it takes. But to know it's got to do with Greek mythology, the, the term myth alone should give you pause. Um, it is God and God alone who heals. Amen. Amen. You can take that picture down. I don't want to give them any more credit than they already get. There you go. In the book of 2 Kings, Hezekiah has just become the ruler over Judah. And I'll read these verses and then we'll talk about this. 2 Kings 18, 1 through 4 says, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Hosea, reign, Hosea's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David has done. And here's verse 4. He removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. The bronze serpent was called Nahushtan. Nahushtan is a word that, in the Hebrew that sounds like uh, snake or bronze or unclean thing. This is 700 years after Moses had done this in the desert. And I think what's, what's important noticing is, and I think maybe it's sometimes we might get caught up in this, is rather than go directly to the source, God is our source. He is the source of healing. We allow other things to kind of get in the way. And these people began to offer sacrifices, basically to worship this serpent. And that was never its intention. It was for them to look to faith in God for healing. And today, it's a shame that we don't have something that we can look to, to remind us of what, is it doing it? You, do you see it doing it? That was my, that was my plan. So you see the, did you see it? All right. We do have something we can look to, obviously. In John's Gospel, we read of uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he's, he's telling Jesus, we, you know, we realize who you are, and, and, uh, and he's trying to get answers. And, you know, our, our, sometimes our, our smarts kind of get in the way, if, if you know what I mean. We're, we're, we're sometimes, my dad used to say this all the time, be dumb enough to believe God. Because we want to get in the way and we want to make sense of it all and we sometimes can't. And Jesus tells him, unless a man is born again, and Nicodemus cannot comprehend this. What do you mean? How can a grown man enter again into his mother and be born? And he, he wasn't understanding that. So in John 3, and I'll tell you what, this series or this sermon came to me because I began to think of this. I, I don't know, if, and I, I don't pretend it's not been done before, but looking at different verses in the Bible that are 316. 
Not just John 3.16, everybody knows that one, but other ones that say that. And I didn't get around to that, but this is, John, this is going to be in John 3.16, but it's going to pick up at verse 10 through 17. So now Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. Verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. The son of man must be lifted up. In John 12, verse 32 and 33, Jesus says this, And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. Do you realize, you know, there's a song we used to sing. I sang it, so believe me, I, I've had time to think about this. Lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher. You remember that song? We're not singing that correctly. Jesus being lifted higher was him upon that cross. It was his crucifixion. And when we, when we enlighten it to, and I understand we, we do lift Jesus in our praise and, and, and to other people as we talk about him. But Jesus was talking about his death and the, the kind of death that he would face on the cross. He became the bronze serpent. There is, there is not a more beautiful picture to me, maybe found in the Bible, when we correlate that bronze serpent on that staff and all the people had to do was look at it and be healed to speak to us the way the cross does. Exact same thing. I came across this story in a commentary by Warren Wearsby, and it's a little long. Maybe my print's just big. It's not very long, and I just want to read this to you. On January 6, 1850, a snowstorm almost crippled the city of Colchester, England, and a teenage boy was unable to get to church, the church he usually attended. So he made his way to a nearby primitive Methodist chapel where an ill-prepared layman was substituting for the absent preacher. I, I think that's kind of like what's going on here this morning. His text was Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For many months, this young teenager had been miserable and under deep conviction. But, thought, but though he had been reared in church, both his father and grandfather were preachers, he did not have the assurance of salvation. The unprepared substitute minister did not have much to say, so he kept repeating the text. A man need not, need not go to college to learn to look. He shouted, anyone can look. A child can look. And about that time, he saw the visitor sitting to one side, and he pointed at the young man, and he said, young man, you look very miserable. Young man, look to Jesus Christ. And the young man did look by faith, and that was how the great preacher Charles Spurgeon was converted. By simply looking 
to Jesus. Today, we not only look upon the cross and, and, and are mindful of our sin and for the sacrifice that Jesus did, but not only do we look upon it, we are invited to embrace a Savior. A Savior that became sin for us, that took upon our sin upon himself and died on a cross. We too have sinned against God and we are sinners saved by grace, no doubt. And all we need to do, all you need to do if you have not done it, is look in faith to Jesus Christ and believe and you will be forgiven. We simply look the, the cross today stands as a reminder and as a memorial to what Christ has done. I want you to do me a favor. If you can see this communion table, what does it say on the front of that? This do in remembrance of me. When we do these things, we're not lifting up communion itself. We're remembering what Christ has done for us. When we go to the cross, we don't burn incense to the cross as they did with this serpent and, and make it something it's not, we go to the cross and we remember what Christ has done. It represents Christ to us. And I want you to know that uh, there are many churches that you would walk in today and there would be an image of a dead Christ on that cross. He's not on that cross. He is no longer on that cross. He is risen. And we look to him as a loving Savior. Israel at that time had a sin problem. Today, you and I have a sin problem, and there was nothing we could do about it. There still is nothing we can do about it of our own accord. And their sin had consequences. It was these snakes, at this time anyway, it was snakes, and it came in, and they died as a result. Romans 6.23 for us today says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. They were given mercy and healed by simply looking at a, at a bronze snake on a pole. They were healed. And today we can look to a Savior that was lifted upon a cross where his mercy, where God's mercy and grace was poured out. And not only are we healed, but we're saved. It says that Jesus did this for all the world. He loved all the world. It wasn't just for me. But if it was just for me, he still would have done it. But it was for the whole world. We sing a song here in the, in the, that he became sin who knew no sin. He became what was our problem he took upon himself. And the serpent in Moses' day brought physical life to the dying Jews. And Jesus Christ today gives eternal life to anyone who will trust in him. Hallelujah. Salvation for the whole world. So for us today, what are you in need of? Are you in need of mercy, of healing, of forgiveness? I implore you to look in faith to the cross of Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus today. My sister, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and I say this this morning, my father's uh, found out this morning, went to the hospital, uh, not sure what it is exactly yet, but he was a great preacher. If you knew my dad as a pastor, he was a great pastor, he was a great preacher. And she, she, 
she posted a, a memory of a portion of one of his sermons, just a little write-up. And I said at that time, I might have to use that. Well, the day has come. And I, this was only a couple weeks ago, but it fit right in. And so for, I will give full credit to the best preacher I knew uh, and had the privilege of listening to. But I want you to hear these words. It says, our greatest need was mercy. If our greatest need was information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was technology, he would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent us an entertainer. If our greatest need was for money, he would have sent us an economist. I did add something to it. If our greatest need was snake bites, he would have sent us a snake on a pole. But our greatest need was and still is mercy. And so God sent a savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, today, just as in Israel, God didn't simply just say, go away, snakes. That wasn't his plan. It was, and, and in our circumstance, we may not just see the problem that we're facing or the, the mountain that we are facing. We, went, we may not see it disappear, but I can tell you this, God will make a way out of it just as he did for these Israelites, and just as he did for the world. He gave us Jesus Christ, gave us the way out of our sin. And he can do that for each one of us today if you will simply acknowledge him and believe in him and put your faith in him. I want to say this, on Memorial Day, and we're proud of country and everything, Jesus Christ has to be before a flag. He has to be before a country. He has to be before a political party. These things we take pride in and they become idols. And we're not looking beyond them to see the Savior of the world. We're allowing these things to cloud everything around us. Jesus must be first in everything that we do. Folks, we are lost if we can't put him first in everything. So today as I close, I do want to pray for you. Uh, again, I know it's a holiday weekend. You weren't expecting something so heavy. You just want to go and enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. I get it. But it's too important. And today, on Memorial Day, we can look to that cross and remember what Jesus Christ had done for each one of us. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. And I will not embarrass any of you. I just want you to simply lift your hand. If, you, if I can pray for you, if you say, Brandon, I don't know Jesus that way. I, I didn't realize, but I want to know him. If you will simply lift your hand, I just want to pray for you this morning. And I'll give it just a second. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad we all know him in that way. Let's pray today. Father, thank you that you've given us Jesus. Lord, we can, 
go to an Old Testament story like we read this morning and see what you had done. And Lord, we could take that the wrong way and we could fashion something out of it for ourselves. If you did it then, you can do it now and we'll put a snake on the pole and we'll look at it. Lord, that was never your intention. But Lord, we know that where we, the circumstances we might find ourselves in today, Lord, the, the out doesn't become so clear sometimes. Lord, we're, we're, we're caught in confusion and, and pain and we just don't see the end anywhere near God. But Lord, you always make a way. And God, rather than make you our last resort, may we make you our first resort every time. Lord, where else would we rather run? Who else would we rather go to but to you, God? But many times we do just that. And forgive us, Lord. But today, God, I'm praying that as we remember fallen soldiers on this weekend, Lord, and Lord, they didn't know the end either. Lord, we, we saw these, the beach of Normandy. They were getting off these boats not realizing what they were heading into. And many didn't survive. But Lord, we can look at our lives and, and sinners all around us, Lord God. Maybe even believers that think they're walking the right way. We, we're walking in darkness, Lord. But we know that there is a way. And you have created that way for us, Lord. And I pray that we would humbly come before you, God, and say, Lord, I've tried it on my own. I've, I've, I've looked to this or that, but Jesus is the only way. We used to sing songs about it. We believe it, Lord. Let us take it to heart today. And Lord, I ask you to move on our behalf. Move within us, we pray, God, and help us, Lord. I, if I could just, Lord, lift up my Father to you this morning. Lord, he was a man that dedicated his life to you, Lord, and you, you used him. God, and it's hard when, when we think about Pastor Burt, my dad, Lord, for somebody that served you so well, it doesn't make sense to us, Lord, but they can be a blessing still. God, it's, it's, it wasn't something that uh, Pastor Burt or my dad clocked out at the end of the day and they were no longer pastor. Even when they retired, it's in them. It's who they are, God. And just simply praying for your servant today, God, that you would touch him. Lord, if I could simply set up a pole and a bronze snake in his room today where he finds himself and he'd be healed. That's what I would do, Lord, but you have better plans. God, and I pray that you would use the, the time that he's there, Lord, to be a, a ministry to somebody. God, just heal his body, I pray. Just touch him. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand together. Again, sorry for making it so heavy. It doesn't have to be so heavy. Go have your hot dogs and burgers and whatever you're going to do tomorrow. But truly, you know, we highlight Memorial Day. We're thankful for all our fallen soldiers and our veterans every day. If not, we should be. We should be reminded. But even more so, remembering what Jesus has done for each one of us. Let's pray. Father, thank you again. Lord, bless our weekends. Lord, if we have extended weekend with family, let us just have a great time of celebration, Lord. But let's remember what it is all about, Lord, and more importantly, what you've done for us. We thank you, Lord. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.